Hi, everyone. You're listening to Hotel Vicarious, a podcast where two best friends talk about all of their favorite TV shows and movies. This week, we're covering Last Kingdom, Season 5, Part 2. Jenny, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm good. Hello, listener. Welcome back. Does it feel like it's it's been a crazy week already, and it's only Tuesday? Uh, Daria, I thought that you hated me and didn't want to be friends with me anymore because I didn't talk to you all day today. <laughs> I literally was like, "Do you hate me? I'm sorry." <laughs> We're clearly like seriously codependent at this point. <laughs> Our lives are really busy. Like, I, I feel like it has been a month since I talked to you. And I know it was, like, we, we only recorded last week. Yeah, but I, I feel like a lot has happened in the last week. Like, my work situation, like, crazy things happening at, my, at work. And then, like, just the bookstore is just, like, a lot, taking a lot of time to get ready. And, yeah, and then suddenly I'm like, oh, my God, Tuesday again. And what? I know it's absolutely nuts. It's been, it's been like one of those weird periods where I'm busy and I have downtime in weird areas. Yeah. Like not in any point of time that I can be productive in. That's fair. It's just weird. And then I look at the clock and like five hours have passed and I'm like, what? Like, yeah, it's been, it's been bizarre. Very excited for the weekend. Oh yeah. And we have a long way to go. I know. I actually said this today to someone. I was like, it feels like Friday today. He's like, it's not Friday, Jen. <laughs> I, like, so it's it's beautiful here right now. Like, it was a breezy 80 degrees by me. Yeah, it was, it was almost that much here, too. It was really, really warm. And I was, like, sitting at my desk looking out the window. And I had, like, a little bit of a down period at work. And I was like, is it Friday? <laughs> Friday afternoon to me and then I was like I have to go for a walk and I went for like a nice long hour walk and it was Mm -hmm. gorgeous but then I was like oh tomorrow's only Wednesday so that's a bummer yeah also in this in terms of like how time is not normal um we only saw each other three and a half weeks ago I know this Thursday will be four weeks. It feels both like it was yesterday and also six years ago. I know. I know. It's ugh, time is just broken. Yeah. That's what time I'm saying. Time is broken. Society is decaying. But at least it was nice out. Yeah, it was. I got like a little endorphin shot. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> just sucking up that vitamin D. I tried to sit on my balcony. But it gets direct sunlight. I lasted four and a half minutes. Oh. I feel like I I literally gave myself a sunburn by being outside for like 30 seconds. See, I will just let myself burn because I just like love the feeling of it. It's so bad for you. It was was gorgeous. But it's like if I don't – if I can't immediately then like dip my body into the ocean or a pool, then Mm, I feel – That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, no, that makes sense. Well, listener, we are back uh, for part two of our recap of The Last Kingdom Season 5. Uh, we're talking about episode 5, 6, and 7. And we're going to be real honest, this is the depressing middle section of this recap. It's real bad. It truly a stretch of just death and despair yeah every episode not, yeah it's every episode has like a pretty significant death um <laughs> so yeah we really did a great job uh splitting this episode these episodes up but you know kind of it, it kind of works this is like there is definitely like a first act second act third act kind of sort of balance to the to the show so we're just gonna go with it um and yeah we'll just see you on the other side of this horrendous <laughs> we'll see if we can get through it without ugly crying <laughs> which was not the case when we were watching the episodes yeah exactly so uh in episode four we finished off with Edward had just killed all of the eldermen and decided that he would take the throne um, uh, in Mercia to prevent what he called a possible civil war. And that's kind of where episode four left off. So episode five is kind of like Edward being like, my bad, my bad, people of Mercia, my bad, my bad, sorry. You know, but like, it is so, (laughs) this is just where, and like, listen, I am not Edward's biggest fan, but up until this point, he's fine. Yeah. And it's like now every single thing he does is so off base, (laughs) out of touch. Right. Like he. I don't, this is a terrible, uh, but it reminds me of Arrested Development where she's like, well, how much could a banana cost, Michael? $10? Like Edward thinking that his like penance and fasting and like all of this is going to bring back the fact that he like, like make up for the fact that he murdered like 10 men. <laughs> right. Like truly. Like what the hell? It's so Edward? strange. Like who are you? So dumb. Yeah. So he's on this like fasting to like pen it for penance for his, you know, his, what he did. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. You know what to say. Oh, <laughs> While this has happened, basically news of his, like, slaughter of the Elderman um, at Aylesbury has reached Efferwich, and, you know, Sig Trigger is like, this is really bad. (laughs) Yeah, I, well, poor Sig Trigger is just, like, everything he hears coming out of Mercia sucks. First, it's Ethelflaed not coming to his rescue. Mm-hmm. And now it's Edward taking Mercia for himself. And so what other, you know, what other conclusion can you come to mm-hmm. than Edward is going to come after Efferwich next? Right. He wants Northumbria, right? Yeah. He's got he's got Wessex. He's got Mercia. He's got East Anglia. There's only one left. 
and it's Northumbria, right? So obviously uh, Sigtrigger is like not impressed and he's like, you know, he he believes that Edward is like intent on war, you know, um, and he basically sends like a messenger to to tell Edward, like, do not come to Everwich. Yeah. And it's, don't come. It's like, it's difficult for, for us as the viewer because we immediately understand that, like, Edward and Sigrid Trigger are both acting on, like, less than complete information. Right. Yes, yes, yes. And so it's, like, a really brutal game of telephone to watch. It's yeah. Like, and, like, <laughs> Ethelhelm is in the middle going... <laughs> Yeah, he's, you know, he's making everything 10 times worse. Yeah. So part of the plan for now that Edward has seized Mercia, you know, he's not giving it to Elfwyn, whatever. Ellsworth is taking Elfwyn to Buxton. And she tells Elfwyn that she is going to let her marry Kinliff. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting concept here. Like, Ellsworth thinks that if she marries off her granddaughter to someone who is common, mm-hmm. then Edward won't perceive her as a threat. She can't be used for political gain because they can't marry her off to some other, you yes. know. Yep, exactly. Elderman or whoever. Thing. Or like, I like I was so worried they were going to marry her off to Aldhelm. Like, I truly believed that, like, that could have been a possibility. I thought that too for a second, and I was like, ew. But the one thing about this show that has been surprisingly good is we have not seen young women be placed with much older men. So true. Like, Ethel Flood's marriage was definitely political and definitely terrible, but it was with someone of her own age, which I thought was, well, you know, he wasn't 80. So, yeah, so <laughs> Elflin is like, you know... She's pretty into it. She was, she was like making out with Kinleff um, at um, Romkofa during the what was it blood the blood moon something the red moon festival. Kind of like okay, and so she, so yeah, so that's so they're they're basically headed to Buxton. Yeah. So Ellsworth has Alfwyn, and she's trying to keep her safe. And mm-hmm. undercover so that Kinleth can meet them and they can get married without anyone knowing. Yeah. So it's pretty important that it's like that Elfwin sticks with her grandmother and doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. And then we see Queen Elfled, Edward's wife. Basically, he's he's just sort of pushed her aside at this point for um, Ed- Edifu, his mistress. And so, you know... Her, her political gain is kind of, her, or her political influence, I should say, um, and therefore Ethel Helm's political influence is kind of waning at this point. And she's kind of just like, she's upset, you know, because I think in some ways she did kind of love Edward in a way, or at least she kind of loved that she had his ear. You yeah, know? I mean, I think the, the relationship in the very beginning is very sweet, yeah. Until it's corrupted by her father. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's so true. Yeah, like not to say that Elflet is like completely innocent, but she's been raised to be a very specific kind of political figure. Yeah. And her father is just, God, the threat of him losing his influence has just 
made him crazy. So it's That's true. Everything is heightened now, and and poor Alfred is stuck in the middle because she yeah. has her son, and she yes. doesn't really have any other power outside of just being Edward's wife. So. Because of this, Elfled has decided she is going to travel north with this Christian visionary named Alice. And Alice, we've sort of been hearing for the last, I like the last five episodes, there's kind of been like this sort of side thing about how there is this visionary, this yeah. Christian visionary. Her name is Alice. You know, we don't really know too much about her, but... We basically we know that she's a big deal to to the Christians, and then so so she is very important to the Christians, to the Christian faith, which you know means she's very important to Edward's sort of ruling, like rule, you know. So uh, the problem is, uh, Elfled decides to secretly travel with Alice and does not tell her husband and does not tell her father where she's going. Uh, and then at the same time, Ethelhelm sends his men to kill the Christian visionary um, to basically place the blame on the Danes and start a war between Sigtrigger and Edward. Yeah, in it is... <laughs> Yeah. Like, it's just these chunks of episodes, you sort of just get this, like, very tight feeling in your chest. <laughs> yeah. Where you're like, ah, okay, I see all of the bad things that are about to happen, and I have no power to stop them. Yeah, and I think the one thing, like you were saying, that how how Ethelhelm losing his sort of power and influence over Edward has made him so crazy. Uh, you, know, you know, when he was, in, in previous seasons, he was he would start wars or try to start some sort of conflict um, in order to like, he, he has a lot of money, right? So then people would need his money. So that would, you know, this time he's not doing it to use his money. He literally wants Edward dead and the Danes defeated. And then the throne is open for his grandson, um, Elfweird to take control and become the king. And, like, it's just truly unhinged how he, if he thinks that that's going to happen. I know. I know. That's the thing. Like, he has so much influence, so much money, so much power on his own mm -hmm. that all of these little crazy ideas that he has are, are very quickly made into reality, which is sort of the troubling part. Like, he doesn't really even need Edward's influence to make things happen and that's like a really dangerous person to be <laughs> yes exactly so alice the visionary and elfled uh and the people the women traveling with them are ambushed on the road uh to Lindsfarne, and that's where they're headed and in kind of a surprising sort of moment of of heroism um elfled tells them that she is alice the visionary and she is killed because of it. And basically mar martyrs, is that the right term, right? Yeah. She, she basically her. martyrs herself um, for Alice. Um, and Alice is not killed. She she is just like left sort of to tell the tale, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, that's a pretty key part of the ambush, right? Like 
she can kind of say, like, we were hit by, you know, Danes. The Danes, yeah, exactly. Whoever, yeah. Oh, and it's, um, yeah, it's... Elflood has been a really um, interesting character in the last few seasons. She starts off as, like, this really sweet young girl who, like, seems very interested in Edward just for being Edward. Yeah. And then you get to the point where she is kind of, you know, believing her own hype a little bit. And, the you know, now she's queen. There's been no queen before. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's definitely some <laughs> some really great moments with Ellsworth in season four. Um, and then you get to watch her sort of totally fall from Edward's interest try and find some way to keep herself happy and motivated and she goes on this trip and then dies saving someone's life like it's a very incredible arc for a Mm -hmm. very secondary character Um, yeah it was so upsetting to watch this happen it was it was really like but kind of amazing yeah and it also just sort of proves out how far ethel helm is willing to go because he literally just brutalizes and murders of just women. It's just a little yeah. traveling group of nuns. Yeah, there's no men at all. Yeah. They're all, they're just traveling by themselves and yeah, it's pretty it's pretty brutal. But it did lead to one of my favorite parts of this episode, which is we get to see Heston uh, who discovers um sort of the aftermath and he finds Alice who has survived and and he immediately recognizes um, Elfled, uh, because he's met her before um, in Wessex. So he's like, oh shit. <laughs> like, this is bad. Yeah, he immediately knows that whatever happened, he needs to figure it out. And the only person that he can trust is Uhtred. I love it. It is such so a good. great turn for Heston, who is sort of like the Loki of yes oh my god what a great what a great like description of him that is so true i mean you know he he's such a troublemaker and he only looks out for himself and there's so many parts of him that skeeve me out Mm -hmm. (laughs) like Mm -hmm. edith locked in an attic for god Mm -hmm. knows what Mm -hmm. reason yeah but he it definitely plays every side and i think that's just he's a very dynamic character and and oh for sure God, he's just so fun to watch. And he was so good this season. Like, he really... So good this season. They, they, they did a great job with him. So he travels to Rumkofa to basically tell Uhtred what has happened. And unfortunately, the ambush kind of... It, it gets out. Like, they... they Despite, um, you know, Heston's best efforts to sort of conceal... What has happened, it definitely just sort of uh, explodes. And then we start to see, like, Danes and Saxons blaming each other for trying to start a war. And, you know, (laughs) Uhtred and his band of merry men are just, like, always in the middle trying to be like, oh, God, what happened? How did this happen? Like, you know what I mean? They're always always trying to, like, you know. I know. um, figure it out uh it's like Nan- he's like nancy drew and they're like the hardy boys like <laughs> like truly i mean he's he knows 
the thing with Uhtred that's so tough is that he can see five steps ahead of everybody else. So he yeah. knows what this is going to do to Edward and what this is going to do to Sig Trigger. And he's like, if we don't figure out a way to stop it, there's going to be some really catastrophic shit we're going to have to deal with. Yeah. Like, you can't just, like, send them a, Watts, uh, a WhatsApp text. Like, you need to, There's, like, yeah. of travel involved for, like, very important news. So it's it's... The stakes have never been higher, I think, at this point in the show. Yeah. At one point, Uhtred and Sig... No, Uhtred and Citric go... I think they're they're going... They go talk to Sig Trigger, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because Finnan and Osfirth... And Ethel Stan. No. Stan. And, yeah, and, and Ethel Stan. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, or maybe it's Uhtred and Ethelstan are together. And s- I don't remember. I truly. They're Finnan and Osfirth back in Rumkova. And I think Uhtred, Citric, and Ethelstan going okay. to Afrowitch. Okay. So. No. This. No. I think Ethelhan's, Ethelstan stays in Afrowitch with Edward. Not uh, Everwitch, Mercia with Edward. Well, yeah, he asks him to be like the captain of the guard, right? Yeah. I don't yeah. Think, is that this episode or is it next episode? I truly don't remember when that happens. But it happens. It happens. So anyway, um, while Finnan and Osforth are back in room Kofa, Uhtred is definitely not there. That's what we know. Yeah. A secret militia oh. raised by Ethelhelm in Edward's name attacks room Kofa, which is like sketch at best yeah. because... I guess Rumkofa has more Danes than probably the average town in Mercia. <laughs> Just because of Uhtred, right? Yeah, I think it's, I think they had mentioned that it, like, Rumkofa is truly, like, a 50-50 split. And, like, they live yeah. very much in harmony. Yeah. So, there is, basically, there there's, like, they attack Rumkofa. There's a crazy, insane battle like, people are being murdered. At one point, I thought for sure Finnan's kid or Citric's children were being murdered, but they I were know. not. Um, but, like, it was scary. And they were, like, it was really bad. Um, and then, like, they also, like, they're, um, they attack young Uhtred. He's there still. Um, and he's trying to defend them, but he's, like, obviously still <laughs> under the weather <laughs> um, from his earlier attack. Uh, and then what is a truly horrific and the writers are so mean to us moment. Um, Finnan has to choose between saving his wife and saving Osforth and it is fucking horrible. This is so brutal and I hate every waking moment of it. Uh, <laughs> especially because the way the scene is set. I don't know. I, I just, I kind of feel like if Ingrid fell off the horse, she would have been fine. I don't know. I'm like, I know. I don't know. It's like really annoying that I had to watch that because it's not fair. I know. So Osforth is killed uh, in battle and Finnan is real distraught about it. Oh yeah. He totally blames himself and. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's really horrible and then really like our only comfort in that is that in the next scene <laughs> Ethelhelm finds out that he accidentally killed his own daughter yeah. and he kind of just loses it 
and he's basically gonna like kill himself you know we can see that he's contemplating that um because like what has he done you know what like well what was this all for you know he kind Mm -hmm. of has that kind of moment and and then um what's his name i can't remember his like man who's the guy who like works for him Oh, yeah. Let me look it up because he, he's great. I mean, not in a good character. I mean, he's a good character, not a good person. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Bressel. Bressel. Okay, yeah. So Bressel kind of like, a pro- like Press- Bressel kind of finds him in this moment where he's like contemplating, you know, ending his life. And, and he basically persuades him to sort of continue with his plan. And like, you know, you know, he's, he's still doing all of this for uh, for elf weird right at the end of the yeah. day so <laughs> that kind of like keeps him from from killing himself and that's sort of like that kind of happens pretty much like like we don't see too much else like that's like basically it and then but we do get this one scene with Brita and Perlig yeah and Basically, um, she they she's buried her daughter, and um, she's kind of like come to the realization that, you know, um, that she I don't know she she he's ba- Perlick has basically said to her, the way that you can make Vivica's death meaningful is to like atone for your sins and co- and find Utrid. Mm-hmm. basically um and she agrees which is such a huge moment for brita like it's such a big moment it's yeah and i think losing her daughter is really the only thing that would have gotten her to come to this point because yeah she has sort of lived in her anger for a really long time since ragnar died so for her to sort of finally listen to what Perlig is saying, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's really, really, really crucial for Brita's character. And it sort of makes you think, oh, maybe this isn't going in the direction I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I really did not think that Brita's storyline was going to play out the way it did. No, me either. <laughs> for better or for worse. Yeah. So yeah, so Perlig and Brita are basically heading... They're basically heading to Rumkova to find Utrid. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of where episode five ends. Woo! I mean... <laughs> I know. It's a lot of loss. And it's a lot of, like, tragic loss. Yeah. And you just feel like, okay, we still have a lot more bad. <laughs> we have a lot of bad ahead of us. Like, there's no real, like... I personally am not like, oh, this is all going to come together soon. (laughs) I'm like, no, I think season five is going to murder me. Right, exactly. So, basically, uh, the Saxons are preparing for war. The Danes are preparing for war. They've both, you know, they've both gathered their armies and they're departing for battle. Um, Despite Uhtred's sort of um you know best efforts to like tell edward about like what ethelhelm has done (laughs) 
So Edward, in this moment, Edward actually is convinced, right? Like, so, yeah. so Uhtred actually does a good job and he, mm-hmm. he actually convinces Edward like, Hey, this is fucked up. It was Ethel. It was your father-in-law, you know, like, and Edward's like, okay, fine. Uh, you know, like let's call off the war, but I need you to go and tell the Danes. Yeah. It's definitely like Uhtred's plot to lose at this point so in the meantime though kinleff has not arrived in buxton but edith has so she has come to buxton to basically tell elswith what's happening um what's happened in room kofa you know um basically that that kinleff you know they he had to i don't really know why we don't i don't know if he for some reason he couldn't come with Edith. Like, I think he, I don't know. He was fighting. I, it was, it was un, unclear, unclear Kinleth to me, guys. basically disappears for like four episodes. And I feel like this poor boy is just wandering the countryside. Like not sure what the fuck is going on. Because yeah, like, he where is he? disappears. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. So the problem is <laughs> because uh, he's not coming, Elflyn is, like, really convinced that her grandmother is going to put her in a nunnery, which, like, you know, based on her track record, like, definitely a possibility. (laughs) Not outside of the realm of, you know, choices that she would make, basically. No, exactly. And so she escapes, basically, from Ellsworth and Edith without them knowing. Yeah. Elflyn is... Elflyn's a really tough character for me this season. Because I understand her motivations. Most of the adults in her life have not prepared her for this moment. They've sort of set her up for failure. And she has no autonomy. So, of course, she's going to run. But what else is she going to do? You know, he wants to just live her life. So Mm -hmm. she's going to take the risk and do it, even though realistically, she's not prepared at all to survive on her own. Yeah, um, you're right. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but yeah, she's so frustrating. So super frustrating, but she's also what, like 18? Maybe 17, 18, yeah. Yeah, she's she's young. Yeah. Um, and her mom just died, so like, I guess we can cut her some slack. Yeah. So uh, the problem that Uhtred now faces is that he is too slow. <laughs> Maybe, though he may look young, (laughs) uh, Uhtred is starting to take too long on a horse. Um, And he does not get to Sigtrigger's armies in time um, before before he can reach them to tell them, like, basically, Edward has called off the attack. Um, You know, and the thing is, the forces that he sees that the the army that he sees is not even Edwards. It's this secret militia army that Ethelhelm had, had sort of raised in Edward's name. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but thinking, but he of course believes that, you know, it's Saxon. So yeah. Okay. It's Edward. Um, and the Danes map, like they have this like crazy, it is bonkers. This walking across this frozen lake. Yeah. I, every, again, I was a ball of stress during this episode because I kept thinking that the, the lake was going to break. Yeah. And we're all going to die. And, and, and 
and Stiora is like, no, I don't think this is a good idea. And it's just, it's impossible. And then when they finally make it across and the fighting starts, it is full on chaos. Yeah. And like, just, just want to go back to what you said about Stiora. I notice in this episode more than any other this season, there are some serious, serious parallels between her and Brita. Yeah. Because think back to episode one, or sorry, season one. Think back to season three when Brita is like, this is a bad idea. <laughs> like constantly yeah. telling these men, like, it's such a bad idea. Why are we doing this? We should not be doing this. And just, like, not listen to. Um, And it's really, like, imagine an army just run by Brita and Siora. Imagine how great that would have been. <laughs> That's the thing, right? Like, Brita would have been such an incredible ally had she been able to play that role. No, for sure. Yeah. But... Sig Jr. does not listen to his wife. No. Um, and basically kills a lot of Saxons. Yep. <laughs> you know, so Uhtred is there trying to fight his way to Sig Trigger to, like, be like, no, stop, you know, Edward has agreed to, you know, call off the war. This wasn't him. But then Edward arrives and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I thought we called off this war. And then he's like, well... I'm not going to let my troops, like, just die. Yeah. Whether my stupid father-in-law, you know, raised this militia or not, these are my people. Um, so then he leads this counterattack, and, like, it's just an absolute nightmare. It's a bloodbath. It's a full-on bloodbath. Because, like, yeah. Sig Trigger's men have wasted so much energy on fighting Ethelhelm's men that by the time Edward's men arrive, they're mm-hmm. beat. Mm-hmm. they're totally exhausted their resources are you know dwindling yeah and they like try and escape again across the lake and it's doesn't go great doesn't go very well but you know who does manage to escape is Ethelhelm, that yep snake um and he heads for scotland where he is hoping to continue to plot putting his grandson on the saxon throne Yep. So we see him escape. Sig Trigger and Stiora are captured by Edward's army. Um, and of course, um, Uhtred, you know, is begging for his daughter to be released. And obviously Sig Trigger. Um, and Edward actually agrees, which I was really surprised by um, that he would say yes. But I think it kind of speaks to the respect that he truly does have for Uhtred. Yeah. And it's also a little bit of his father. Like that mm-hmm. was a very Alfred decision because for sure. a few seconds later, yeah, he says Sig Trigger will survive as long as he and his men agree to be baptized mm-hmm. and swear loyalty to England. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Here's the thing. Uhtred has been baptized, like, four fucking times. It means nothing. I know. Like, why didn't he have just, like, a little chat with Sig Trigger to be like, let's do it. You know, like, I don't know. Like, I just, I understand for plot reasons, fine. 
but also you wanted to live with the Christians anyway. Like you've been trying to live with the Christians and the Danes in Everwitch. Like, I don't know. I just felt like, I don't know. I just felt like this was kind of trauma porn for Uhtred and yeah. <laughs> like it didn't serve much else for much other purpose. Yeah. Especially because Sig Trigger does not die in the books. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't read the books, but uh, it is a big departure from what the original plot is. I mean, it is because, like, Sig Trigger ends up marrying one of Edward's daughters. Yeah. In the books. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And Stuari is the one that dies in yeah. battle. And, you know, I just... In some ways, like, I'm glad they didn't kill Stiora because this Absolutely. show yeah. does have a tendency to kill a lot of women. Yep. Um, not quite as bad as Game of Thrones, but they do still have... Oh, for sure. They do still have a little bit of a problem. So, like, yeah, I was excited to see that Stiora would survive. However, I felt like the whole Sig Trigger refusing and then Edward sentencing him to death was, like, real like it maybe wasn't a plot hole but it was definitely a plot divot <laughs> like it just didn't it just didn't make sense to me like I just you know whatever and then if that's not bad enough fucking Sig Trigger like wants Uhtred to be the one to kill him as being slain by the greatest Danish warrior will be the ultimate honor well and again the greatest <sighs> Danish warrior who has been baptized more times than he can possibly right. count. And right. people still respect him. So, you know, I really That's wish that I'm they saying. could have just taken one for the team. Because, like... I know. I just wanted more Stuart and Sick Trigger together. Yeah, it was actually disappointing how little we actually got of them together. Like, yeah. as two people in love. I was disappointed by that. Yeah. And as you mentioned, it's just all that more traumatic for Uhtred. And it's especially difficult because at this point, Stiora, who's already been having an issue with like her father and his choices, Mm -hmm. just comes to resent him even more. Because Uhtred is the one who has to do all of these really difficult things without even considering the fact that this is extremely difficult for him and, and... probably one of the worst things he's ever had to do yeah i just i don't know it was a little bit you know i i just didn't i think i I felt like it was like a little over the top in terms of like what had to happen but yeah no i think in 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 all this is my least favorite episode in the season Mm -hmm. because the way the plot goes yeah i mean i I think there was a million other things that they could have done to make this just as dynamic mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. definitely hold Sig Trigger and Stuart accountable without resulting in their deaths. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree. Um, and then, unfortunately, um, as Brita and Perlig are heading to find Uhtred, they start encountering all these people who are like fleeing the war. And, but... Perlig makes this decision where he doesn't want to tell her what has been going on between 
the Danes and the Saxons, which, you know, kind of blows up in his face because when she discovers that he was lying to her, she, you know, she is kind of like pretty heavily triggered, um, you know, believing he's kind of like manipulating her, you know, he's, um, you know, he's been lying to her for some other reason and she just like kind of flies off the handle and she stabs him. Oh, Brita. Oh, Brita. She never changed. stabbing people. <laughs> yeah. So basically she tells him that if he survives, um, he's supposed to tell Uhtred that she's coming for him. Like she's done. She's like, you know, fuck Uhtred. I'm going to kill him once and for all. Um, and that's kind of where episode six ends. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yikes. It's a lot. It's, <laughs> it's so much. And again, it's like really hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel because Ethelhelm is en route to Scotland. Sigtrigger mm-hmm. is dead, so you have no idea how Stuart is going to react. Osforth is dead, mm-hmm. so everyone is mourning his loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Edith and Ellsworth and Alfwyn are on the run. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Brita is all over the place and completely unpredictable and is now on her way to who knows <laughs> yeah who knows? yeah i don't know like at, at this point in the season i was very much like what the fuck is happening yeah <laughs> and like how are they gonna resolve this in four episodes and also like what the hell is gonna happen there's four episodes left like how much stuff is gonna happen i know you know so yeah so basically episode seven opens up with Sig Trigger's um, Danish burial, which, which I thought yeah, was pretty beautiful. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I don't know if you, if you've seen, there was a movie that came out. I want to say it was in 2021. No, maybe 2020. It was with Ray Fiennes and he plays an archaeologist have you seen that one? Mm-mm. The Dig. And it has him and Carrie Mulligan and Lily James and Johnny Flynn. Yes. And uh, they find <coughs> there's like these big mount, there's b- these big hills behind their, on her property. And they end up excavating them and they end up finding like a ship. And it's basically a Viking ship. It was basically a Viking burial. But like, it was like, but I didn't really get it. And then when I saw this episode, I was like, oh my God, I know what this is. Because like they buried him in like the boat, remember, with the horse. And then they like, and it becomes this big mound. And like, that's what, that's what they, they found those in England um, and have uncovered them. And it's like in the, from the Iron Age. That's cool. I didn't realize. So I... I knew that that movie existed, but I didn't know that that was the actual plot. So maybe I will watch it now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I like I could be misremembering it, like <laughs> really, really <laughs> bad. Um, but I think it takes place in like 1938 or something. Um, it was it was like a medieval cemetery dating to like this it's like seventh or eighth century like it, it basically it is it is a cemetery and they find like it's in the hull of a ship 
So yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting. So I, I, it was a good movie. I like I like Carrie Mulligan though. So she was she yeah was really no she's good. great. Yeah. So um, Sig Trigger is buried with his horse. Um, and yeah, uh, and Stuart is big mad. Big mad. Big mad. I mean, he, but she married a king and became a queen. You know, so it's like. Not to, to whittle down the relationship to just that, but, like, she lost everything. Everything. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, it's true. So Edward kind of is now, like, worried that, you know, they don't know where Ethelhelm is. He's worried that maybe he's going to try to seize Wesset, uh, Winchester. Um, you know, like, we just, <laughs> we don't know where he is. And, like, what his plans are. Um, so, but Uhtred is very, or, sorry, Edward is very, like, he can't really leave Everwitch because, you know, everyone's kind of, like, the locals for sure. Like, you just killed our king. Like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, even the Christians that were living in Everwitch, like, clearly had some sort of affinity to Sigtrigger. So, at that point, um... Uhtred suggests that Stiora be installed as queen in Efferwich to, like, maintain stability and, like, basically keep everyone sort of happy. Yeah, I mean, Uhtred is trying so hard. Like, this entire season is just Uhtred trying really, really hard to avoid tragedy and it not really working. But he's, like... It's interesting, um, and maybe I'm totally off base, but, like, a lot of Uhtred's arcs across the last few seasons has been him being really reactive to things and having to sort of just do things he doesn't really want to do and having to kind of play that loyal man. And, and yeah, in this season, he's really trying to be like, no, <laughs> this isn't going to work or no, let me fix this. Or, you know, let me try this. And like, he's way more active, I think in, uh, trying to problem solve. Like he's always yeah. been really good at advice and he's always been a really good tactician and strategist. But I think season five, he's really just trying to be like, guys, we really don't need to do this. I think I have a solution. Yeah. Let me do it. You know, like, let me figure he, it out. Yeah. He almost always ha- does have a solution, <laughs> you know, but uh, no one listens to him is the problem. So uh, Stiora does initially sort of like agree, like begrudgingly agree to it. But then she just can't do it. She's not Uhtred at the end of the day. As much as she is his daughter, she's not Uhtred. She can't swear her oath of loyalty to Edward. Um, and she does not want to stay in Efferwich. Um, so he banishes her. Or Edward banishes Siora and her followers. Um, and then he puts uh, Ron Bald in, in place in Efferwich, which is like just a kick in the pants. So, yeah, so that's kind of where we leave the Danes um, for the moment. Um, and then I think, is this the spot when then um, at Agafew, she tells Edward she's pregnant, right? Yeah. Yeah, as if things couldn't get crazier, Edward has just gotten his very public mistress pregnant 
very quickly after his wife dies. And like, talk about amazing timing that Elf right. just happens to die. And then five seconds later, you know, like if we right. pregnant. Right, right, exactly. Um, but he does decide that it's like a sign from God and that he's gonna, going to marry her. And make her the new <laughs> yeah. queen. Which is like, yeah, sure, sign from God, like, you know, just get rid of all your problems. Like, that's fine. Either way, you know, we, we get it. <laughs> it does kind of sour El- Elf Weird to his father, who is kind of just like, what the fuck? My mom just died. <laughs> you know? I, I know. And I, I don't know if it's a matter of, I don't know, cutting some scenes or trying to fit everything into a very packed season, but we don't have mm-hmm. a scene between Edward and Alf Weird talking about the death of Alfled at all. No, not really. Like we don't have any indication that Edward has ever had a proper conversation with his son about the murder of his mother. And it's like, yeah. how else do you expect Alf Weird to respond? Yeah. immediately getting married to someone new and immediately having like you know another baby right and he doesn't know that his grandfather is the one that set it all up right they're not telling people i don't think no no they haven't told anybody outside of like the very core group yeah so yeah so he's kind of just like really being really sullen and he finds Father Benedict and he's like, I want to be reunited with my grandfather. I want you to co- accompany me. I need, he's, this, he's in Scotland. Um, and you have to come with me. And Father Benedict is kind of like a little bit beholden to Ethelhelm, I think, um, because of his gambling debts. And so he kind of has no choice but mm-hmm. to, but to go because at, Ethel, uh, Elf Weird kind of hints at that. Yeah. That, like, he kind of owes his grandfather. Um, and so, um, so Father Benedict, you know, um, agrees to go with him. Yeah, that's been an interesting, um, little thread throughout the season, you know, because we, we, we've been told that Father Benedict has some gambling issues and he definitely owes some money to certain mm-hmm. places and that he's brought to Romkofa because they think he'll get into less trouble there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then to find out a few episodes later, because, you know, Father Benedict kind of straddles all the sides, like he gives up information that you wouldn't expect him to and yeah, does things that you're like, oh my God, why? You're just making more trouble. Um, to find out that part of his gambling debt is to Lord Ethelhelm. Yeah. 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 Like, kind of one of those like mind blowing moments because mm-hmm. you don't know if it's just purely coincidental or right yeah home found a person of influence in mercia mm-hmm. and decided to sort of make him a, like you know a little spy right exactly yeah and you think like you're not really sure like where his moral ground is yeah it's really really hard um especially in this moment so <laughs> Yeah. 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 Um, so then just outside Efferwich, um, we find Brita. She um ambushes a Saxon patrol and sends them back with like one survivor with a message for Utrid to meet 
um, her at Lloydus. Lloydus, um, for those of you who don't remember, is <laughs> the spot where they grew up with um, Ragnar and um, I can't remember his wife's name, but that uh, that was where the the house was, um, and that's where the house was burnt down. And, and so Lloydus is where basically where they where they grew up makes a lot of sense to Uhtred. Like, the minute he hears it's Lloydus, like, he just knows. Yeah, so that's kind of... At this point, you're not really sure what's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then we return back to Edith and Aylesworth. Oh, yes. So, Alfwyn is on the run, and Edith mm-hmm. and Aylesworth are like, well, fuck. Okay, so they have to go and find her. And they eventually find her in a neighboring town, but see that she's already been taken by Bressel and some of other uh, some of Ethelhelm's other men. And so they try and interfere, and then all three of them are captured. And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, and it turns out that, as we've feared, Ethelhelm has brokered a deal with King Constantine of Scotland mm-hmm. um, in order to help in an uprising against Edward. He has promised Constantine Alfwyn's hand in marriage. And so this whole stretch in this episode sort of begins to lead us into the final arc of the season. Like that's very clear because yeah. mm-hmm. King Constantine in Scotland has a variety of like, I guess, elder men in North Umbria, in his castle. And one of them is a very familiar little man. It is Uhtred's cousin, Whitgar, Mm. who we last saw in the beginning of season four, and who is ultimately responsible for Bayoka's death. Yeah. And so... Our little, like, little animal brains are starting to run, and we're like, oh, okay, we're going to get to Bevenberg because Wickar is here, and he's a part of the storyline now, and, like, mm-hmm. everything starts to be very clear. At least, well, you know. It, it was kind of confusing because, like, we were already, like, midway through episode seven. We haven't heard about Wickar. We haven't seen anything with Bevenberg, and we're like, what the hell? Like, is he not going to get Bevenberg? Yeah. By the end of the show. But yeah, that moment you're like, oh yeah, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. So yeah, so and then in terms of what kind of what Constantine gets. So if he marries Elfwyn, basically he's gonna support Elf Weird on the throne of Wessex and Mercia, and he will get half the riches of Mercia and a stake in the royal house and like assurances that you know, they, the Saxons won't come to Northumbria and blah, blah, blah. Or no, I guess past Northumbria, like to, to Scotland. And then, and so that's kind of the plan. Now, this scene is perhaps one of my favorites from the entire season. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's Ellsworth, Edith, and Elfwyn. They're traveling um, with their captors north to to scotland and they are able to basically sort of like outwit um their captors and they kill one of them 
and though the other one is able to escape with Elfwin. Um, but there's this moment where <laughs> Ellsworth is the one that kills him. Yeah. And she is like, I don't even know how to, she is so damn proud of herself. She is like, <laughs> she has, she feels a power she has never felt before. Eliza Butterworth is so perfect. I mean, her Aylesworth has just been really fun and good and kind of incredible to watch this entire season. Like, yes, I, I keep talking about like where we were in season one versus where we are now, but the growth of Aylesworth's character is incredible. Like never in a million years watching season mm-hmm. one would I think that she would end up here. No, for sure. Oh my gosh. Even watching like season three, when she, at the end of season three, when she like really wants Uhtred to just fucking die um, after Alfred has died and yeah. like she wants, yeah, like she, yeah, she's like, it, it's such an amazing, she probably has one of the best arcs in the whole show. Absolutely. I think. Yeah. And so she like, of course their hands are bound, right? So she's sort of like, pulls out this knife that she has and she's like holding it in between her two hands and she's trying to describe to the women how she can like stab right yeah it's just it's so amazing it's so funny and there's that really funny moment where she's like oh I don't know how she says it but she's like they don't realize who they have here and like they have a queen and they have a princess, and then she looks at Edith, and she's like, well, they didn't know that you were going to be here. So, like, you know, <laughs> know. whatever. Oh my it's God. so good and so funny, and that whole scene is... I mean, yeah, you're right. It's probably one of the best scenes in the entire season. It it truly is. So, but they, the guy, he does escape with the, the, the one of the guys does escape with Elfwood, which is devastating to, to Ellsworth. Um, and then, um, but we don't really see, uh, basically we don't see what kind of happens to her and Edith, like what they're going to do, you know. So then we have Uhtred, um, heading to Lloydis, to the ruins of Earl Ragnar's old feasting hall. Um, you know, very painful spot, um, for both of him and Brita, but also like a pretty like wonderful spot for him and Brita because it's like it holds so much memory for them right like it's so it makes sense that she you know she she wanted to meet him there and and they have like this pretty intense fight um it's pretty brutal um but very quickly do we realize that Brita has no fight in her anymore no no she's, she's not really just, like truly going through the motions yeah and and she's like she really just she she really just wants him to kill her so she can go to valhalla um and you think that maybe he will like in, in there's a moment where you think he might actually do it after all this time all the times that she asked him to kill her you think that this might be the moment like where he kills her and then he just can't he can't kill her because 
you know, the bond between them is just, it's so strong. And, you know, there's that episode six, season three, which is my favorite Uhtred and Brita like episode of all time. When he talks about how, you know, she may hate him and she may try to kill him. He's like, but he'll, she'll always love him. Like, and, and basically he'll always love her. Right. And so he just, he cannot kill her because to kill her is to like basically kill a part of himself and he can't, he just can't. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, Alexander Draymond. I know. So talented because he does these like, like just the complete, like his little micro expressions. Yeah. As he's trying to figure it out. Because, like, Brita has been a really big catalyst for chaos this season, right? Like, he just had to kill his son-in-law because of, partially, because of Brita's interference. And his son is never going to have children. And Mm -hmm. he lost Ozfirth. Like, there's, Mm -hmm. as much as Ethel Helm is responsible, Brita is also responsible for a lot of what's been going on. Mm -hmm. And so, he... I think that's like a very big part of him is like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then it's like, okay, but if I do it, I'm, I'm probably killing a part of myself too. And it's like, I just can't do that. Yeah. So he just, we, you know, he, even after all these things, you know, he still can't, he still can't sort of bring himself to kill her, you know? And like you said, it's, he, he has had to sacrifice a lot of things because of Brita in many ways. And like, one of them being like when we find out in episode five that Oz, um, Osbert, the baby, has been alive this whole time. And we just thought it was like a gigantic plot hole that like, you know, the episode, the season four writers just kind of like forgot. And like, and we find out in this like very small scene in episode five when Uhtred and young Uhtred are talking and there's a mention of him having this other son who's like in hiding and I literally screamed at the TV <laughs> like I screamed yeah it's crazy it is such an incredible moment because we definitely spent all of last season making fun of the writers for for losing Osbert like oh my god there, is there he are that bad memes. a dad that like memes upon memes upon memes making fun of this child being gone I mean like there was even interviews that Alexander Draymond had that he said like the two things they don't talk about on the on in interviews are the the age of the characters and the baby (laughs) (laughs) like it's hilarious but so for that to be revealed is just like what so crazy so all of that to say Uhtred is like, I can't kill you. I love you. I will always love you. And he tries to convince Brita to, like, forgive herself for everything that has happened, you know, and to, like, you know, she still has a chance to, like, live this life with him, like, start this new life. They can start over. And she's just like, you know, and I think everything that she has been talking with Perlig about for the last, like, five episodes it's it's all sort of like she sees it now right like she 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 understands sort of what Perlig was talking about in terms of forgiveness and and you know atonement and 
And so she really is like, she, she basically is like, yes, yes, I will go with you. I will start this new life. And then Stuart fucking kills her. It is like such, like, it is, <laughs> I lost my shit. Because uh, it's, it's actually an incredible moment. Like, Stuart really did that. Stuart was like, this woman has ruined my life and I want vengeance. And she doesn't have the same connection that Uhtred does. So for her, it's just so much easier. And it's also like, it definitely saves Uhtred from having to be the one to do it. <laughs> I mean, but I don't think he would have. I think that, no, like he, no. I think he really, truly believed that, that Brita could be a, could have a second chance um, at some sort of life. Um, whether or not that's actually true, I don't really know. But yeah, it is a it is a brutal moment. I mean, it's yeah, yeah, and it's also again, it creates this tension between a father and a daughter because she's like, well, I did what you couldn't do. I'm gonna do what you can't do. Like I'm gonna have, you know, yeah, more. Like she's basically like, I have balls and you don't. Like that's basically yeah, what she's exactly. And also she, you know, he killed the, whether, whether he, you know, he killed the man she loves. Now he, it wasn't his decision, but he still killed him. And she knows that Uhtred loves Brita for, despite everything, she gets it. And she's like, fuck you. Yeah. Like she's just, and this is where she really begins to, to turn into that sort of, the, the parallels between her and how Brita was in, in season three and four really start to show. Yeah. Whew. Well, we got through it. We just, just, ah, it's, it's hard too, because I mean, five seasons of a show are <laughs> bound to lose some characters. Right. But in a very short stretch of time, we lose Brita who's been with us since day one. Yeah. Osford, who's been with us for a really long time. Yeah. Who Trigger, who didn't really have a huge presence on the show, but did a lot with the few episodes he did have. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's... it's yeah, Elflin, or Elf... Elfled Elf, and... Elfled, yeah. Yeah, there's just... Yeah, it's... Yeah. A lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. So, well, we'll be back next week with episode 8, 9, 10... To finish out our Last Kingdom run. If we didn't have a movie to uh, look forward to, I feel like this recap would be so different. <laughs> I Yeah, like truly, I feel like we would be way more depressed. Way more depressed. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to talk about my... We'll, we'll, we'll get into greater detail about like our thoughts and hopes for the movie, but I have some very specific things i would like to happen in the movie if that could happen (laughs) so ditto um yes curious because they have a lot of books they can pull plot from if they want but they've changed so much yeah from the plot that i wonder if the movie is going to kind of be completely fresh i'm not sure i'm not sure what what they're thinking it'll it will definitely be interesting to see well, so listeners, we 
have tried so hard to read books lately. But it's just not happening right now. Um, We're just overwhelmed with stuff and we want to. So maybe next week we'll have another book for you. Yeah, I think Um, we sort of booked ourselves out. We had a really good run. Yeah. And now it's like, if I look at a book, I get tired. (laughs) I'm just tired constantly. So like I attempt to read and then I just fall asleep with the book like on my face. Yeah. So, (laughs) and that has nothing to do with the book itself. The book, the books are great. It's just, I'm just so exhausted at the end of the day that I'm just like, (laughs) but um, we do have some like other sort of like things that we've been watching and reading on the internet and, you know, I'm sweet that we have to talk about those. Yeah. Like, let's see. Jenny, is there anything that you've seen lately that you want to talk about? Um, so we finished watching season four or the final season of Killing Eve. That was real depressing. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've I've ever. No. OK, I can't say that because Game of Thrones is sort of legendary for shitting the bed in the final moments. But this was really close. Yeah, it was like so many options they could have chosen. Yeah. And, like, the fact that that's what they went with was just, like, real disappointing. (laughs) And I know, like, I'm not, we're not the only people. Like, it's pretty rampant on the internet, like, how much people hated the ending. Even, like, the writer of the book that uh, the show was based on (laughs) hated the ending. Which is, like, man, you can't, you can't get much worse than the original creator being, like, this is a piece of shit. Yeah. (laughs) So, Yeah. I know. I hate when that happens. I really do. Because the characters deserve so much better. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. Why couldn't they just, like, let them exist? Just let them flee. Let them show them living somewhere on a beach. Or, like, you know, why why kill either of them? Like, just, you know. But it's just, like, this sort of, like, they fell into this trap that happens, I feel, so often where, like, the two lesbian characters never get to have a happy and ending. have a happy ending. I'm looking at you, Shonda Land, like you've done it to me twice. So, yeah. like, I just, I don't know. It's, it just seemed really lazy. And like, they can blame it on COVID all that they want, but like, I'm sorry, I don't buy it. Oh my god, no! What a terrible excuse. They had so much time between when they wrote season four and when they ended up filming season four that the writer of the show basically just like changed her mind no but she's regretting that now yeah honestly like i just feel like for for like the next 10 years lesbians were not allowed to die in media yeah like banned ban it because i never want to see it happen again it's happened so many times i know like also we just need like more movies about lesbians true yeah yeah that would be great yeah like why doesn't someone make casey mcquiston's one less stop into movie that'd be great that'd be so good right it'd be so good i would love that so much oh that would do so well such a good movie. It would be such a good movie. Or a so. miniseries. Like, oh. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. The content is out there, people. 
content is out there. It's there. It's it's been written. Um, is there any other content that's like out there that you want to talk about? Well, I'm ashamed to say it, Jenny, but I've been watching the Halo TV show. Okay. Because my husband, you know, has played Halo for years. He's like a he's a millennial. <laughs> End yeah. of story. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know any anyone in our age demo who hasn't been playing, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. And I thought, mm-hmm. it's fine. Yeah. For those who don't know, the main character in Halo is a guy named Master Chief. And um, you don't see him with his helmet off in the game. Like, you never see him with his helmet off in the game. And Very Mandalorian. Very Mandalorian. <laughs> well, midway through the premiere episode, he takes off his helmet. And it's Pablo Schreiber, who is one of my favorite actors. And I didn't know he was in this show. And I, that is so funny. I was like half paying attention because I really was, I was like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to like this, whatever, who cares? And then yeah. he took off his helmet and I immediately perked up. And my husband was like, oh, now you're going to watch? Now you're going to pay attention? And I was like, yeah. yes, because I'm a simple <laughs> creature. And if you put a man that I find hot in a TV show, I will pay attention for at least a little bit longer. Right, and the exactly. Good news, is that it's actually a pretty good show. Yeah, I want to see it. I, I had forgotten that I, I knew it was coming and then I completely forgot about it. And when you mentioned I was like, what, there's a TV show? And then I was like, oh, I feel like I did know this. Yeah, it it is, it's, you know, I mean, for a, a show based off of a video game that doesn't really yeah. have a ton of narrative, I mean, I'm not, I don't want any gamers to be mad at me, but. There's really not, it's just a shooting game, right? Um, yeah, yeah. It's really good. It's really good. And uh, Pablo was great. Love that tall, meaty man so much. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's been sort of the one thing that we're watching that's new right now. Yep. Though we and did it's... see Doctor Strange. Oh, yes. Week. Yes. And I love horror movies. I love good, like, movies that have, like, jump scares and, like, good plots mm-hmm. and, like, don't rely on torture porn. Mm-hmm. So Sam Raimi is one of my favorites. Like, Evil Dead is, like, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And this movie has so much Evil Dead in it. Like, Oh, awesome. It is weird and kind of bizarre and uh, the visuals are crazy are just unhinged but it's really for a marvel movie that follows a pretty consistent formula it's mm-hmm. fun and it goes in a really yeah. direction and everyone acts the shit out of it uh elizabeth olsen although not my favorite choice for scarlet witch considering she's not romani and marvel loves to ignore wanda's heritage yeah i'm just gonna say it um she's a brilliant actress and she's scary as hell in this <laughs> awesome and it's really good it's really That's really so good. great um i liked it i liked it yeah and it it's been um i only saw it as early as i did to avoid um spoilers on twitter right yeah yeah, yeah. so rampant mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. much like some other things mm-hmm. that are currently rampant on twitter including 
<laughs> poor Jesse Williams. Well, I not mean, so poor Jesse Williams. Yeah, I mean, he is rich in many things. In 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 lots of things. Though, yeah. it sucks that, like, this is out there on the internet and he definitely didn't want it to be. Yeah, I mean, like, like you told me that, you know, they had really locked down the Broadway production. They didn't, they, people weren't allowed to have their phones. Like, so clearly someone snuck in to take this picture. Jesse Williams on stage when he is Psalms clothing. <laughs> but boy, oh boy. Uh-huh. Wow. I was like, what? Well, when I saw his name was trending, I was like, oh, no. Either he's dead or he's released a dick pic of some kind (laughs) accidentally via Chris Evans style or something worse or you know what I mean? So, like, I guess I was kind of, like, happy that, like, he's not dead. He's not sending out random dick pics to the internet. He just is very fortuitous <laughs> in his ownership. We are trying uh, so hard right now to not be dirty explicit. <laughs> you guys, he has such a big dick. Like, it's, like I can't handle myself. I was like, what is happening to the internet right now? Uh, I just want to point out that I did not go looking for it. I was just innocently scrolling. Yeah. And all of a sudden, because yeah, Twitter no, it's, loves its automatic videos. It's everywhere. I just saw this poor man naked in a shower on stage. I mean, just. Yeah, it's just, it's just out there. I was out like. There. Like no spoiler cuts, like nothing. But like, just this has happened to me multiple times yeah okay multiple times i'm just scrolling twitter and someone posts like fan art of like you know blackbeard and steed and it's like whoa okay wow okay i mean i mean great job like good shading but uh didn't need to see that when i was like scrolling on my phone and you know on the couch so yeah this is exactly what happened it was just like oh weird this is trending and then I was like, whatever, I don't really want to know because I was concerned it was something gross. And then it just came up and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but again, I do feel bad for him. Like the fact that like, you know, he did not give his consent for that picture and then it got plastered on the internet and now it's everywhere. Well, it definitely brings up a conversation about like the double standards of like, nudity online mm, yeah 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 so we're like an actress mm-hmm. you know um i think there'd be a little bit more outrage you know mm-hmm. yeah 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 um but because he's got because he's like a super well endowed dude it's like the girls can't help yeah. themselves yeah i mean but like this is not and like okay we don't have to get into like a huge um a huge long debate about this, but like Bradway needs to get its shit together. Oh, because yeah. this is not the first time that something like really kind of weird has happened on a Broadway stage, like in a Broadway theater. Yep. Um, I'm referring specifically to the woman who was like 
masturbating during a Tom Hiddleston play. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I I fully agree with you. And, you know, it's kind of funny. And, like, maybe this is a tangent. But, like, going back to the Will Smith slap at the Oscars to mm-hmm. Olivia Wilde getting served with custody paperwork at CinemaCon to Mm -hmm. smuggling Mm -hmm. in cameras at Broadway shows like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is there a shortage of security like how are these things happening how how are these things happening I I know you can't tell if someone's recording a video in a theater in the front that's a close-up shot like Like, truly must have been he or she whoever it was must have been front row just but also like wouldn't other people around them have seen that like i don't know i just ugh. um yeah um also did you know that it happened like hours after he was nominated for a tony award (laughs) yeah like jesus christ the poor guy cannot cut like ugh. i mean anyway but apparently yeah he he kind of i think he talked about it um I'm not sure where he, I don't know who he talked to, but he was basically like, yeah, he's like, you know, it's whatever. Like, what else is he going to say? I know. I know. He can't. I mean, he, it's kind of a lose-lose situation for him. Yeah. I just, but also like, I don't know. I feel, (laughs) I feel like they can find out who it was. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure probably. You know, like, if they know, I don't know, maybe, and maybe it doesn't matter at this point, but, like, it is technically an illegal recording. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, from what I I read, if you're going to see the show, you have to lock up your cell phone for the entire duration of the performance, and so if you're smuggling in some kind of recording device, you're definitely going against the agreement you have with the theater, and so, yeah, I mean... Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Um, the people, the things that people do these days for likes and comments, mm-hmm. it's like there's no such thing as ethical, there's like no ethical decision making left. They're like, well, yeah. I can get like 5,000, you know, likes and I can get 45,000 retweets and so it's worth it. Yeah. Which is yeah, exactly, exactly what we're seeing on TikTok right now. <sighs> Yeah, I haven't even looked on TikTok, but I know it's probably gross. Um, So many people who are like, I'm going to use this audio clip from the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial, and I'm going to make it funny because it's funny. It's not funny. Like, to me, it's like people are so consumed with having a presence and being considered content creators. Yeah. They're not thinking maybe we shouldn't make jokes about a domestic violence trial like maybe it's not funny i know maybe there's other things that we can meme right in the world that are less offensive exactly all of the republicans yeah so second stage theater which is like the company that um the theater company that is putting on the play take me out jesse tyler ferguson posted like a thing basically us like a statement Basically just being like, he's like, you know, he's appalled by the disrespect to the actors, um, you know, whose vulnerability on stage every night is crucial to take me out. Uh, anyone who applauds for, who applauds or trivializes this behavior has no place in theater, which has always been a safe space for artists and audience members. 
Um, he continued by saying, if nudity is what you're coming for, you are in for a long, boring night. It's within a challenging two and a half hour play with big ideas, beautiful language, and a remarkable acting from a company of 11 actors that you will have to sit through as well. You'll be bored. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just, it just trivializes such like a challenging, like it's a good play. Like it's yeah. a great story, but the actors equity association is actually calling it an act of sexual harassment and a breach of. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see, but like, I feel like they can figure it out. <laughs> I know. But anyway, um, yeah, I feel bad for Jesse Williams. Um, he should be celebrating his nominee nomination for a Tony. Um, you know, it's gross, um, that they even took a picture or a video, but he still has a huge deck, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> I still cannot get over it. But you know what? I wish that he'd been able to post that himself accidentally on Instagram, uh, or Twitter. Chris Evans. <laughs> I still can't believe that. I wish the he way had that it happened with Chris Evans is the way it happened. Like I... <laughs> Talk about a flub. You know what I mean? Like, just... I know. Truly. <laughs> oh, but you I know what? He has a good sense of humor about it, to be honest. So... He, yeah, he did. And you know what? Everyone was pretty gracious about it. And hopefully yeah. they will be as gracious to Jesse Williams as they were to Chris Evans. And, uh, and you know, we can just leave it at that. But, well, that pretty much wraps up this episode. I feel like there's a dick joke in there somewhere. <laughs> god yeah so if you want to listen to our previous episodes um you can find our archive on www.hotelvicarious.com you can email us uh at um hotelvicarious at gmail.com or you can talk to us on socials um instagram twitter and facebook at hotel vicarious uh, thank you so much for listening Thank you for checking into Hotel Vicarious, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. 